This week on Maroon and Bold, we talk about the Super Bowl with two former Chippewas playing in the big game, and we touch on a little bit of basketball. All that more coming up next on Maroon and Bold. Welcome into Maroon and Bold. I'm your sports editor, Austin Chastain, for Central Michigan Life, and sitting right across from me, staff reporter Andrew Loveland. Andy, how's it going today, man? Fantastic. Wonderful February day. Yeah. Do you, uh, you watch Super Bowl? Yeah, every every waking second of it. Yeah, what, watch the commercials, watch Super Bowl. Yeah, what uh, did you do? Anything special for it? Did you hang out with some buddies or something? Or no, I was just at home, ready to watch it. I kind of prefer watching football alone, mostly, just so I can make my comments and just do my my own thing versus listening to what other people have to say. Yeah, do do you do you, do you let the lady watch with you or? Um, well, specifically, like, so I typically claim the Browns, and she didn't watch football, like, couldn't get her to watch football until Mahomes started playing football the way he does. So she's actually a big Chiefs fan. Oh, so, so she, she, she was she was invested. Yeah, she she was sitting there with the 15 jersey on, hoping that uh, Central Michigan zone Eric Fisher could keep that man standing up. Nice segue. The, well, yeah, just kind of going, going off of that, man. I mean, Eric Fisher... Is a Super Bowl champion. He former Chippewa, the only top draft pick, not only in CMU history but in Mid American Conference history. Yeah, the I'd... top draft pick now a Super Bowl champion. I mean, Andy, we were just talking that you know you, you've been here, you've been here a little while. You know, I've been here a little while as well. But what were some of your 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 thoughts from from the Super Bowl and watching Eric Fisher win it and going against Joe Staley? With the 49ers. I mean, Fisher had his hands full right away. He's got Nick Bosa, you know, one of the best already ends in the league. You know, one of the best passers in the league, and it's only his first season. So sky's the limit. Um, he, I think he did about as well as he could getting on state or defending against Bosa. I think there was some missed opportunities. He looked there's a potential hold on that 44-yard touchdown. Or not touchdown throw, that 44-yard completion to Hill. But at the end of the day, the refs weren't calling holding, which is probably for the better for most of the game. But at the end of the day, he's a Super Bowl champion, so you can't can't take that away. And on the other side, you said it, Joe Staley, who kind of like Fisher, who we didn't really, I mean, I didn't really talk about, but Fisher missed probably you know half of the season so far in total games. So I mean, getting back into the swing of things, but on the other side, Staley for you know for San Francisco did the same thing. You know, came back. After a broken fibula, I believe it was, and struggled at first, but it's the first time playing football and you just broke your leg. But he was actually one of the, he played pretty well. And I saw, I think it was Pro Football Focus, had him rated as the third or fourth best player grade overall in the entire game. And I, I don't know, what was your what was your favorite part about what Staley and Super Bowl champion Fisher were able to do? Well, just kind of looking at it from the Central Michigan perspective, <clears throat> obviously Fisher coming out with the win. You, you knew obviously one of them was gonna gonna get a ring. CMU was gonna have it's I believe six Super Bowl champions. Fifth, fifth, fifth officially, yeah, fifth officially. So so either way that was that part was gonna happen. It was cool that he kind of can use that. The only number one pick in CMU and Mac yeah, history. Yeah, Mac history. I mean, I can only think of anyone that's come close. Khalil Mack. From right. Buffalo getting picked inside the top ten, right? And if I'm not, well, and Staley, he Staley too was a first round. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was quite as as 
high on no. the board. But I mean, no one was n- as high as number one. Well, yeah, no, so. no, no, well, of course you can't beat that. But in terms of talking about Khalil Mack, but yeah, but yeah, still, Mack was I think top five even. Right, but still, that was really that was really cool to see. You know, Fisher being like I said, the only top draft pick in program in conference history, picking up the Super Bowl win and. See the the graphic that Simi Athletics put on the big board in Kelly Short Stadium. That looked pretty cool. Uh, Classy move from them there. Um, But I think the 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 big thing that kind of goes understated because the 49ers didn't win was Joe Staley went out of the game with a some kind of thumb injury, and the dude comes back with four stitches. Yeah, at what 35 years old. Yeah, it was a cut of some sort that required stitching, like he said, and. He gets four stitches, comes back in the game, and plays. the The toughness that that he shows says, "Screw it, I'm not, I'm not gonna not play in the Super Bowl." And I, I and I, and I don't know if that has anything really to do with CMU and you know anything that he may or may not have learned here. But that was just you know you can take pride in that if you're a CMU if you're a CMU faithful, you can say that, that's our guy. That's yeah. our guy. He got hurt. He got stitches. If I get stitches, I'm probably going to just watch football on my couch, right? This guy gets stitches, throws the glove back on, trots out there like it's nothing. I thought that was really cool. Um, that was, like I said, that that was one of those moments that you have some Chippewa pride mm-hmm. if if you're a big fan, or if you know if you even if you're just following the program, whatever. But Andy, I wanted to ask you. And our other staff reporter, uh, Christian Boer, kind of wrote about this um, in a column that dropped Tuesday morning. What what do you think this could do for possible recruiting? Do you think, Seem, you could say, hey, look, we just had two guys play in the Super Bowl. Look at look at this. We had one guy win it. Now, I mean, we've had five guys go on to win the Super Bowl. And now, like, and we've had it twice in program history where Chippewas are going – are playing against each other. Mm-hmm. We go go back to Super Bowl forty five with the Packers and the Steelers. Yeah, and now fifty four nine years later, like that's that's pretty cool. I mean, do you think do you think CMU could use that as a recruiting tactic? I mean, I think that he will, and it, it will to some extent. I think the only thing that hurts them is you're looking at. I mean, Staley is a thirteen year pro, so he hasn't been on campus here in fourteen years. Fisher was drafted number one overall in 2013, so that's closer. That's, you know, six years. Um, So I think just the publicity alone is probably going to help some, but also you're talking about guys who have been in the league now for a handful of years, and we don't, I mean, we'll get there. I think you've got a guy like Sean Murphy Bunting had a pretty good, solid rookie campaign, so I think he'll he'll draw some more, you know, eyes to the, to Chippewas too, but I think with how long they've been away from the program, and I don't know how much like we'll see how much when they go on their press tours and celebration stuff, how much they're actually giving like kind of throwing in the Chippewa name as well. See how much that brings back. But the question I would have is, what's a better recruiting tool this year? Appearing in the MAC championship or two super two players starting in the Super Bowl? That's well, a good year for football. That's that's a fantastic year for the football program, honestly. And it's just kind of one of those things that you say in December, you know, when CMU clinched went clinched and went to the MAC championship game, you kind of looked at it and said, "Oh, you know what? There's two guys on 
two really good NFL teams that have a chance to go play in the Super Bowl. But, it, I mean, obviously with pre- or postseason football, you, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, just to use an example, I mean, did you ever see the Tennessee Titans beating the Baltimore Ravens? No. So, and and I, I, I like that you use that point because that's another point that Christian made in, in his story here t- on Tuesday was how how fitting it is to have the country's biggest turnaround from 111 in 2018 to 8 and 5 in 2019 MAC championship berth MAC West division title berth in the New Mexico bowl that's not something that anybody expected and now you cap off the football season with two Chippewas playing starting like you said in the Super Bowl and one of them obviously taking home a, a Lombardi trophy. Now he's going to get a ring. And it's just one of those things that I would argue that that is the bigger ploy for recruits now. Like, hey, look at this. We just had a hell of a year in football. Like, th- this mm-hmm. can be you if you come here and put in the work. Yeah. Yeah, I think it has the potential to be really big, especially when you're, you know, getting a – lower three or four star recruit where you can say okay you can go to u of m or you can go to msu and you can you know basically sit for three or four years and hopefully you get your chance or you can come here start and you can still make it to the league if you work hard and you make it to the pinnacle of the sport you know we've got five guys that have done it from here but more guys in our team's history that have just played in it gotten to the super bowl and been unfortunate and not won so I think I think they'll use it. I'd be very shocked if Fisher doesn't make an appearance on campus to talk to the football team either this spring during spring, t- you know, training, you know, ball and stuff like that or maybe homecoming or something next football season, you know, not only to draw recruits and say like, "Oh man, these NFL guys are coming back, like show off the Super Bowl ring a little bit," but to also say to this team that's currently playing, "Hey, Let's go out and get more rings. This is what it's about. Right, exactly. And I, I, I too would be shocked if, if Eric Fisher and maybe even Joe Staley, too, yeah. make an appearance here in Mount Pleasant at some point, like you said, either during spring ball or maybe fall camp or, like, or one, any, any, any game, really. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if he would I make mean, that appearance for homecoming. Well, so here's what's interesting, though, is um, so this is like the – 10-year anniversary of, you know, that 2019. Right. So you're about 10 years away. Fisher was, you know, in in the in the team at that point. You know, Staley would have not he, he, been there. He was, he was gone. Yeah. He was already in the NFL by yeah. then. But so you've got a significant enough time that, you know, these guys might start coming back just to say, like, oh, shoot, like, get back to CMU a little bit now that I'm a decade away since – arrived on campus right and just stating fact here Antonio Brown did give the benches to CMU when you know over the last offseason and what about this time last year actually that that donation Mm -hmm. was made and yeah it was right about February and I mean and the team used them pretty well I mean they they used the heck out of them I know they brought them to Buffalo because I watched them watch the equipment staff rolling the benches back out uh, to the trailers after that game but but yeah, I mean, I could I could see 
Fisher and uh, and again possibly even Staley saying, "Hey, look, CMU gave me my start." Obviously, yeah. he, the, both guys were were really great. Were great in high school, and that's how mm-hmm. they ended up at CMU, and of course the NFL. But like, hey, the you know CMU's helped help propel me to the NFL. So yeah, you know, give a little give a little bit of that Super Bowl bonus back to back to my alma mater. Yeah. But and and you know what? They don't. They don't. I, I'm not judging. But yeah. I think where CMU gets the benefit though is they're both Michigan kids. Right. They're both Michigan guys. You know, I, Fisher's from Rochester, and uh, Staley's from Rockford. Yeah. So they're, as, you know, it's not like these were three stars out of Florida, you know, like wait, the way Antonio Brown was or some of these other players where it's like you're getting a good player, but they didn't grow up knowing what, where CMU was. Like when you're from Michigan, even if you don't, you know, you're a football player, you don't dream of necessarily going to CMU, you still are aware of it. And it might have been the school you dreamed of. Right, exactly. I mean, you, you know, you could go back through the archives and see if either one of them said, oh, yeah, Central Michigan is my dream school. And uh, and plenty of people say that, even in you know outside of the football program. Like, yeah, right. CMU is my dream school. Um, so it'll just be interesting to see what uh, some of the – not repercussions, not ramifications, but what just what some of the some what of the what stuff happens. See what happens uh, here as spring ball gets going here shortly, and like you said, for next football season, just kind of see what what goes down with with the program. And you know, if Eric Fisher does make a, an appearance at at the spring game, which it would be great to have him. If he doesn't, then he doesn't. You know, he's just he's. A fresh Super Bowl champion. He's. I'm sure he's got got stuff to do. Yeah, I mean the interesting thing would be too is, it, assuming Fisher stays with the Chiefs, they probably will have a couple more opportunities over his career to win Super Bowl. That's true. So he he could be the first Chippewa to actually win multiple. That would be something. That would be. That's where he's in a different position than you know some of the other guys like Frank Zombo who kind of won it. You know, with Aaron Rodgers and what we thought—I mean, even at the time—might have been a multiple opportunity chance. But yeah, we'll see what what CMU does with it. If Fisher or any of those guys, you know, come back. But I think no matter what, the the notoriety is good for Central Michigan football. Absolutely. You know what else is going pretty well for Central Michigan right now? Just take a guess. Um. Probably women's basketball for the last uh, decade. Well, that's exactly where I was going. Well, I wasn't going to say last decade, but I was definitely going to, to the, the women's yeah. basketball team. I mean, Chippewa's getting a, a big overtime win over yeah, Ohio. Two of, them, two of them. One over Ohio and a well, double overtime at Buffalo last yeah, week. Three overtimes in the last week for, for the Chippewas and three overtimes in two games. Yeah, that, uh, that sounds like a, a really tough week, but they were able to come out of those games with wins and Andy, I know you were in McGurk on Saturday for for that overtime thriller over Ohio. How first of all, how were the Chippewas able to do it? I think the big thing is, and I put it in the gamer afterwards, and you know, Coach Heather Osterley, she talked about it after the game. But the Ohio and Central played earlier this season. Ohio played them one way. It was kind of like we're going to let these guards figure it out and you know if they have a bad shooting night then we're gonna win and then this time you know they kind of let Kira Bustle get one-on-one matchups in the post all night 
And so the guards were just giving her the ball and feeding her, and she ended up with a career-high 33 points. And, you know, and on top of that, Molly Davis had 23 points. So you you just had good play from everyone, but you had specifically Cure Bustle getting one-on-one matchups, executing on it, but all the guards, you know, Maddie Waters, Michaela Kelly, you know, Molly Davis recognizing, okay, I've got Bustle potentially on a guard, in the post, that's my best play rather than, you know, me even making a shot. Because Kelly, who's the top, a top three scorer in the nation right now, had two points heading into overtime or heading into the fourth quarter. You know, she finishes with 10 points, so she didn't, you know, fall below double digits. But it wasn't because she was not shooting the ball well. It was just this is a better way to get points, just throwing it to bustle for easy layups than – me forcing up a shot, and she recognized that. Right, and I saw they scored, what, 56 points in the paint? Yeah. 56 of 92 points yep. in the paint. Yep. Yeah, that's... they haven't done that all season. No, that's... And they've scored nearly 100 multiple times. Right. Like, usually I feel like it's it's been a lot of three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. Plenty. A, they like, a lot of three-point shooting. Yeah. And, and that's how they were able to get the job done, and now, they've, now they're kind of working that inside game. Man, the, I could see that team being a... A big threat in March, man. Yeah, I mean, I think they're. I mean, they're nine and zero right now. I don't. They'll probably lose one just because that's how the MAC is. You, it's where the cookie it's, crumbles. Yeah, it's going to be hard to go eighteen and zero in, in MAC play. But there's a chance. But once they get to March, and I've talked about this with you know Christian, the other staff reporter. I've talked about this with Heather, but they're not necessarily playing well all the time. You know, you had Cure have a really good game. You know, Twins had really good games all season. Molly Davis has had good games. You know, we've seen some solid games from Waters. We've seen good games from Bird. But we haven't seen a game where it's like, here's everyone playing their best version of basketball. And at some point, you'd think they're going to find that form. And and if it's March 9th, (laughs) when they finally discover that at the start of the MAC tournament, that's a bad, like, they're going to easily run through that thing. And I would be afraid if I was the rest of the Mac. Right. No, absolutely. And we kind of touched on, on Molly Davis a yeah. little bit. But Molly Davis on, on Tuesday, the Mid-American Conference announced that she was the, the West Division Player of the Week. That's her first. And, and it seems like it's kind of trivial, like, oh, yeah, Player of the Week. But that's a big deal. I mean, that's out of all the players in the West Division. And Molly Davis is considered the best uh, out of all of those players in that West Division. And Andy, I'll pose this question to you. like, How impressive has it been to watch Molly Davis mature through her freshman year? I, uh, it's, it's been great. I mean, we saw her in that first game against Green Bay. She had a pretty good game. She played nearly every minute of a double overtime game. It, you know, welcome to college basketball. Missed a couple free throws late, but you're watching that game and you're going, okay, this is a player who has a chance to do a lot here during her time at Central. And then since then, you know, she went on the road against Louisville and that was a tough game for her. But those early season, you know, losses and tough games where you're playing really, really good opponents now has her in the max scoring about 25 points over the last two or three games. I mean, she scored a career high 28, had a career, like tied that career high the very next game against Buffalo, and then has 23 to follow that up against Ohio. So she's scoring at least 20 points now for three consecutive games. She's finally hitting her stride. And 
early season, she really lacked confidence. You know, she's trying to figure out, like, when should I shoot? And then now she's just shooting it. You know, early, late, it doesn't matter when. She's going to fire up the three if she feels like she's going to hit it. And, you know, she is at an impressive clip. I think I saw she's at 60% from the field, you know, last week, which is that's, – that's really good. So it's been impressive to watch her grow, and she's put herself in the conversation – for Mac Player of the Week, for of Mac Player of the Year, she won Mac Player of the Week. But right, and our, I mean, we and we were talking right before we went on the air. She could arguably be Mac Freshman of the Year because I think I think Twin Kelly has that yeah, Player oh, of the Year all but wrapped up at yeah, this point. I yeah, Twin Twins gonna be Player of the Year. I definitely misspoke there. I meant Freshman of the Year. I, I got you, but yeah, she's in the conversation. I mean, a lot of people around Central Michigan basketball think she's probably the number one. You know, she's because she's at 14 and a half or so points a game. She's one of the best, one of the leaders in field goal percentage from three. You know, she's she's leading in a lot of categories. And I think she's definitely top two. She's 1A or 1B, depending on what you think. But the only, you know, thing is you have to look at Daisha Fair from Buffalo, also a freshman, averaging nearly 23 points a game. So she's top 10 in the country, not just the MAC. You know, the only player she trails in the MAC is Twin Kelly. You know, she's averaging, you know, about two steals a game. She's right behind Molly in a couple of these other categories where I would say, like, right now, if I had a vote in any of this, which I don't, I would probably have to vote fair just because that near eight more points and the the steals is a big thing. So the defensive contribution, where I think we're seeing now, though, in the last five or six games, Molly's scoring numbers are getting close to that 22. Her defensive, uh, like, you know, the way she's seeing the floor defensively, she's jumping a lot more passes. So it won't be long before she's getting a couple of steals a game. I think she still has the opportunity to overtake fair. And like I said, she's 1B. But right now, I would say fair is probably just a little bit ahead. Yeah, that sounds... Fair. <laughs> Yikes. It's a bad pun. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm feeling the bad puns today. On the other side of the coin, Chippewa men. Yeah. Big win over Western, although Western has been struggling in the MAC. But the Chippewas go down to Reed Fieldhouse, never trail, and come away with a, a, a really big win on the road. Their second road win of the year. I mean the chip like I said the Chippewa men they're they're constantly improving. They're just they just keep getting better and better as each game goes along and it's been it's been a, kind of that same same token it's it's been really interesting to to watch the progression of the CMU men's team just the way that they've been gelling together cuz you bring in those three transfer guards that we've talked about before with Winston, Broadway, and Lane, and combine them with the senior presence of Kevin McKay, David DeLeo, Dallas Morgan, and Rob Montgomery, You really, those are your core seven guys right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Corey Redmond plays, plays pretty decent minutes. He takes, he, he helps, he helps facilitate, he kind of keeps the Chippewas pushing along, but but for the most part, it, it's those seven. Yeah, it's that, that seven-man rotation is really what it is. It's and really, especially when you get into MAC conference, like tournament play and beyond, 
it's really going to narrow down to that seven. It happens every year for every conference, for even the NBA. Once you get to crunch time and it's win and go home, you really put your best six, seven, maybe eight guys out in the court. Right. I mean, I could see, you know, if slash win the Chippewas get to Cleveland, I personally think they'll make it there. They could get to the semifinal. You never know what the conference, you never know what could happen. But when when the Chippewas are in Cleveland, I could see them I could see them playing Corey Redmond a little bit because he's he's been doing all the right things for CMU. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's really going to yeah. be those those seven. I mean, the three transfers and the, the four seniors. Like, that's just right. the, well, way, it, the, the way those guys have, have just gelled together. They've come together, and they've, they've been playing so well. It's yeah. been really impressive to watch so far. But, you know, one, one thing, and I know – Andy ne- haven't necessarily been following the men's team all that much, but uh, just I guess looking at them from afar, and we've again we've talked about it before, but but now that we're another week closer to March, and like I said, the team keeps improving. At least in my eyes, the team keeps improving. What do you, what do you make of of the team so far? I think they're a little bit of a surprise. In some way, you know, five and two so far in the MAC, and I'm not sure we thought they would be, you know, five and two. They've gotten, like you said, some decent wins here. We'll see where they keep going with that. They have an opportunity, as always, to try and do some things. You know, whether they get to Cleveland or not, we'll see. But I think once they're in that part, they're a dangerous team, and you know, when if they get hot hitting the three. They can pretty much beat anyone in the MAC, and they, I think they already have a good chance. They can put up a fight against anyone, right. and I think that's the thing. Is we've talked all season long too about this is a team that just goes out and they're going to use grit and hustle and all those you know kind of buzzwords, but it's it's real. That's what they're going to do, and no matter what the situation is, they're that's going to work them into pretty much every game, right? And and you know, and the thing about the MAC is it's always super competitive. Out there might be a blowout every now and then. I mean, CMU had the blowout at home against Buffalo. Or I guess suffered the blowout, whatever. The right language is there, but the Mac is always so competitive. You need to have, like you said, those buzzwords that that gritty, the determined, whatever. Mm-hmm. You need to have that mindset about your team. Cuz if you don't, then you're just going to get run out of the gym. Yeah, if you're not there to compete, you you're you're gonna get you're gonna get your butt handed to you on a on a silver platter. Yeah, you need guys willing to go to work, and I think that's where you know having some of that senior leadership. You know, you mentioned Deleo, McKay, some of those guys who are now leading the team. That's what they've learned during their four years here, and they'll continue to push that on to you know Devonte Lane and some of the transfers, but as well as some of the younger players who aren't necessarily contributing now. But we'll need to, right? Absolutely, and it'll be interesting to see what happens when, when those guys all take off. I mean, this is it for them, right? It's their senior year. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. Yeah, who carries the torch? Right. I mean, is it, is it going to be those transfers? Is it going to be Devonte Lane? I mean, Lane, Winston, and Broadway. They'll, they'll only have one more year. So who, who's who's going to follow? Who's going to follow them? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like you said, it'll just be interesting to see where CMU goes from here going into next year. But obviously, we'll we'll 
still maintain focus on on this year because yeah. I mean we're just hitting February. We're mm-hmm. we're working our way toward March. And yeah, I mean this is the I mean one of the busiest parts of their schedule where you just you've got a lot of games now in February. And they're really, like, each one's starting to carry a lot of meaning. You know, one loss drops you in the standings, you know, two or three spots. But when you're fighting for seeding in the tournament, you know, that can really matter. And that's where, you know, the MAC being so tight-knit kind of hurts teams because you one loss can switch you from getting that bye to, you know, now you're hosting a, a campus game or visiting another campus. Right, and CMU currently in a... Currently, I think a half game lead on Ball State uh, in the MAC West standings. So Chippewas are, are ahead at the point at this moment and looking to continue to build up not only their confidence but also that lead in the MAC West to what we would think would be would be get that first round by straight to Cleveland, so they don't have to play yeah, another so they game. Don't have I mean, it, I think if they've got to play another game to get in to get to Cleveland, you want it to be at McGurk. That's, well, of course, that's where they've played their their best basketball. I'd say so far this season. Right, and I I absolutely agree. I mean, they've only lost once at home. They're ten and one in that building. But would you almost want to like this? This will be my last question about about the men's team. But would you almost want to play? One more game in McGurk, like they did last year, because they had they played the the game on Saturday against Western, and then played that opening round game on Monday against Western, and then went down to Cleveland, played on I think Friday, beat Kent State. I mean they they beat them straight up, beat them out pretty good, and then went and almost took down Buffalo. Yeah, I, this is gonna this is kind of a lame answer, but I think let's see where they're at at that point. If the team like with a Kevin McKay is so far leading their team, you know, and scoring, and he's the emotional leader we've talked about. So, and, but he's also been banged up. So, if you can get an extra couple of days right before, you know, or at the start of the tournament to make sure he's 100, 100, 100 percent healthy going into the tournament, I think you'd rather have that. But if he's 100 percent healthy by February 18, the way the rhythm this team enters, you might want. That one game at home at McGurk against a lower seeded team that you should be able to handle pretty well, which would probably be Eastern Michigan at this point. Yeah, so you could you know get Deleo hitting threes and kind of get some crowd energy going, and then transfer that to Cleveland. Right. But if if McKay and some of these other guys who have not necessarily injuries, but had you know ticky tacky like bumps and bruises all season, can get. 100% healthy to, you know, where their body is, you know, ready to go. I think that's what you would choose is get those couple days rest. But Right, and that's an interesting point because Rob Montgomery had an injury mm-hmm. late last season and it held him out for the last, I think, three or four games of the year. And then he came back in that opening round game against Western, was was pretty limited. He didn't start. He was, Like I said, he was pretty limited. Didn't do a whole lot against Seth Dugan because I mean that dude's seven foot tall, right? You're not going to do much against him, no matter who you are. Yeah, unless you're seven foot tall. Sure, I don't even know who that is, but sure. But Montgomery was able to play in that game just a little bit, kind of like you said, kind of just 
get him going. Yeah. And then he was able to come back and play start in Cleveland and he was fine. Yeah. At that point. And he he played like his normal self and mm-hmm. so that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Yeah, that could be a point too, is if you've got a player who's key that gets hurt and that first round at home game is a potential like knock the rust off type of game, you might be in favor of trying to get that game. But like I said, if it's McKay and he doesn't miss any more time the rest of the season, I think you'd just prefer to probably get him a handful of days rest, especially as a senior who's had plenty of time and minutes on the body here at Central Michigan. Probably a couple a couple days rest, and also knowing that as a senior you're going to play in Cleveland no matter what. Because once the ball starts, you know, it's thrown up on the court, anything could happen, whether it's an Eastern Michigan team you've beat or not. Like, you don't know what happens, so that by guarantees you're going to at least play in a MAC tournament in Cleveland your last season. Right. I compl- I completely completely and totally agree with with what you're saying here. Last question I've got for you. And I I I should have asked it when we were talking about Eric Fisher, but I think it's a really good way to end the show. Was it in the divisional round the the Stone Cold celebration or was it the cha- AFC Championship game? I want to say it was divisional. I think it was the divisional. against the Texans. I think I think you're right. First of all, how great was that celebration? Go ahead. How great was I that mean, celebration? I think, personally, I think that was Eric Fisher's highlight of the entire postseason, potentially of his NFL career so far. And that that's not... I mean, that'd be the highlight for most guys' career. That would be the highlight of my career for sure here at CM Life, other than working with, with you guys, of course. But the, the other question I've got for you... Is wouldn't it be awesome if Anheuser Busch picked up the tab for drinking a couple of beers with with your friends? Yes, that it would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Yes, I mean we won't go too far into it, but that that that's just that's just a really really cool really cool thing that <laughs> he did and a lasting memory that I think all of us uh, all of us seem you folks have. But Andy, do you got anything else, man? No, I don't think so. I- think we're good all right well all of you thank you so much for listening to today's edition of maroon and bold make sure you keep up with all of our stuff with all of our personal twitters twitter accounts and the cm life sports twitter account and at cm life always always make sure you're keeping up with all of our stuff too on cm-life.com but i think andy's got it i think that's it so for andy I'm Austin. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week when we meet again.